0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dominic Shirosky. So glad you are all here with me today because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Got some football to talk about, a lot of news in the NBA. I'm going to rant about the Chicago Bulls today, so uh, get your seat buckled in because I'm Pretty upset with my organization at the moment, but we'll get there when we get there. As of right now, we got to talk some football because there was a game played last night. Thursday night football, there was a game played and it was pretty damn good. So, Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks. This is game two for them. First time. In an upset that I predicted, I predicted that Arizona would beat Seattle, and that is exactly what happened in the first time that these two teams matched up. Second time around, I came in, here, came on here on Tuesday and I said, I don't think Seattle loses this game twice. I don't think Seattle loses and falls to 6-4. and four. I felt like Seattle was going to bounce back, and that's exactly what they did. Um, this game really the most important thing in this game to me for Seattle side is that they're getting healthy and that defense is playing better. This is the second week now in a row, really only on four games because they played Sunday and had to play Thursday. This is the second game in a row. However, that this defense has played well. Um, you held Arizona to 21 points. Um, it was like it was it was an all around pretty good performance by the Seattle Seahawks defense. That was super important for them. Um, is this something that we're going to see moving forward? Is this that Seattle defense finally starting to turn it around? Jamal Adams is back. He's getting a little bit healthier. Um, is this Seattle defense also the trading for Carlos Dunlap? Carlos Dunlap made the sack that ended the game. Basically, uh, Arizona had an opportunity to drive downfield uh it was the game was down it was 21 to 28 at the moment uh arizona needed a touchdown to tie the ball game up they're driving down the field uh fourth and 10 they're trying to make something happen with about what like 13 seconds left something like that it was a very similar situation to what they were in last week um trying to get another late game miracle and fourth and 10 carlos dunlap comes off the line completely beats beats the lineman off off the ball Uh, Gets past them, sacks Kyler Murray, game over. So we'll see. Is this something, is this just, you know, lucky because you guys had four games to get prepared. Maybe Arizona hadn't really fully recovered from their super emotional uh, comeback win. Um, But the fact remains that defensively, they looked very well and have looked well these past two games. Also, for Seattle, getting Carlos Hyde back is really big for them. Um, it's pretty simple with Seattle. If Russell Wilson doesn't turn the ball over, they win, right? If you look at the three games Seattle has lost this year, and they lost to Buffalo, ton of interceptions and turnovers by Russell Wilson. When they lost to Arizona, a ton of interceptions. Like, If Russell Wilson takes care of the ball this team is going to win. That's why I feel like he's more valuable and more important to his team than any other team in the, in the league right now. His team is at 7-3, and, and he has the 20, the worst-ranked defense against the pass and the 28th-ranked uh, scoring defense in the league, but yet this team is still 7-3, and three and it is solely because of the arm and legs of Russell Wilson. But one of the things that's very important for Seattle is that they are starting to get a little bit healthy obviously like i said chris carson carlos hyde have missed a ton of games this year they got carlos hyde back still don't have chris carson back but you can see that when this team is able to run the ball they can be a little bit more uh, of a possession team they can keep that defense fresh by keeping them off the field so all of these are huge things um big win for seattle as well just division wise um, Arizona was hot on their tail. Obviously, both of these teams came into this game 6-3, and three, and Arizona had the tiebreaker over them since they had won the head-to-head matchup. Now Seattle is firmly in first place for this uh, NFC West division. Uh, so this is a really big game. Um, as far as Arizona goes, penalties really cost you this game. Um Arizona Cardinals had 10 penalties that ended up costing them over 100 yards. Um, Kyler Murray also suffered a little bit of an injury, uh, came down weird on his shoulder, and you could tell that it was kind of bothering him the entire game. Uh, something to pay attention to. I don't think it's anything serious. I He played through it, so I'm sure he's fine, but that probably affected them. But uh, penalties really cost Arizona in this game. There was one situation where they had stopped uh, an attempt to for seattle to pick up the first down it was like third and ten or something like that they were trying to pick up the first down they stopped tyler lockett short um they're thinking they're about to get off the field and it's like oh yeah all right we did our job but then someone starts a fight cardinals pick up a 15 yard uh penalty seattle seahawks went on to score a touchdown on that drive right like that penalty doesn't happen you wipe that touchdown off the board and now it's 21 21 if everything work plays out right so um, another penalty that happened—you had a situation where the Arizona Cardinals were backed up in their own end zone, and you get a holding call in the end zone that turns out to be a safety. So penalties really killed the Cardinals in this game. Uh, I'm not out on the Cardinals. You know they're six and four, but they're still a really good team. I'm—I think a lot of teams should be worried about Arizona. If the Cardinals make it to the playoffs, I think they're a team. They're one of those dark horse teams that no one wants to play um, the Cardinals in the playoffs. But as of right now, uh, they got to get the, the penalties cleared up. Their defense played decent today, or yesterday. But uh, that was a very important game for both sides, for both squads. Um, so with that being said, it's time to give you all the rest of my picks for this upcoming week eleven in the NFL, and going to give some quick updates in some of the games, some of the important things that have come out uh, in these games. First up, we have the Falcons and the Saints. Obviously, Drew Brees is not playing in this game. Uh, it is assumed Jameis Winston will be the quarterback, but Sean Payton is still leaving the door open for Taysom Hill to be the guy. I don't understand why they keep playing this game with us. We know you're not starting Taysom Hill. Like, we know it, okay? It's it's just you're not. <laughs> like you keep like Sean Payton keeps on trying to tell us that he's Steve Young and all this other stuff. And it's like, listen, if he really was Steve Young, you would have started him last year when Drew Brees got hurt. You would have started him this year when Drew Brees got hurt. You don't because you know he's not good enough to be a starting quarterback in this league. So please stop trying to spend that on us. That being said. Uh, I think the Falcons have a shot to win this just because Drew isn't playing. However, if Jameis can come out there and not turn the ball over, he brings something to this offense that they haven't really had all year, which is explosiveness down the field. Uh, because obviously, he's a tremendous—he has a tremendous arm. He's a very talented quarterback, and as of right now, he, I mean, he can just do things that Drew Brees can't, especially at Drew Brees' age. Um, I'm going to take the Saints in this game, though. Honestly, no matter who's playing, uh, this game will be played in New Orleans. And Atlanta, they're three and six. You know, maybe they've won a couple games since firing Dan Quinn or whatever. But the Falcons' season is over. They'll get up. I think this will be a good game, but I'm taking the Saints. Next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington Football Team. Uh, two teams that only have two wins. Uh, on the season, however, <laughs> it is sad. The Cincinnati Bengals at two six and one are completely dead; have no shot of making the playoffs or winning their division. The Washington Football Team, on the other hand, is two and seven, and they are literally only like a game and a half behind uh, the division leader. In this, like, it's sad. But with that being said, uh, I really like Joe Burrow uh, and what Cincinnati has been doing. T. Higgins has been phenomenal for them this year as well. Washington, I believe, will be starting Alex Smith. So it's great that he will be back out on the field. And whoops. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, so that, look at that. So just as I was talking about the Saints, (laughs) just as I was talking trash about the Saints and Sean Payton and saying how he's not going to start Taysom Hill, we just got the update that Taysom Hill will be the starter for the New Orleans Saints over Jameis Winston. I don't know how this is gonna look. That kind of makes me almost want to change my pick, but I'm gonna stick with the Saints. But that's very, very interesting that they did that. Um. Wow. Wow. Okay. That <laughs> breaking news, right? Um. Anyway, I'm still picking the Saints. Uh, I'm picking the Bengals. Alex Smith will be making uh, his first start this season. I believe. I believe it's his first start. Um. So. Good for Alex. Uh, it's nice to see him back on the field. I don't think it'll really matter much. Uh, I'm taking Cincinnati in this game. Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns. Um, the Browns are six and three, but for some reason, it feels like people like the energy around the Browns. For whatever reason, I feel like people look at the Browns and feel like the Browns are just not a good team. And I'm like, the Browns are six and three right now. This is a game they should win. I'm going to pick them to pick to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this Eagles team. I think this Eagles team just is just doesn't have enough talent. You know, they they have a bunch of old, aging players on bad contracts. Um, none of their top guys can stay healthy. Um, it's hard. It it it's really hard to look at Philadelphia and believe that they can win games against tougher opponents like the Cleveland Browns. Now, Cleveland also doesn't have a great defense so we will see maybe philly can get something going there maybe carson Wentz has a good game but i'm taking cleveland in this one next up we have the detroit lions and the carolina panthers uh the panthers are another team oh also with that cleveland browns game which might actually help out philly uh just came out this morning that uh defensive end miles garrett has been placed on the uh covid list so he will not be playing sunday um so that could affect Uh, That pass rush, maybe that gives Carson Wentz a little bit more time to work and get the ball downfield. Maybe he doesn't have to try and extend plays, things like that. We'll see. I'm still taking the Cleveland Browns. Detroit Lions and Carolina Panthers. So this is a game uh, against two teams. This is another one of those two teams where – Their records may not be indicative of how good they could be. I think the Carolina Panthers are much better than their three and seven record show. I think the Detroit Lions are a team where they're four and five, but they're a tough four and five. I think the Detroit Lions could end up actually uh, being like eight and eight this year. Um, We'll see. I think the Detroit Lions are a tough team. They may not win a lot of games, but they're a tough team. They're going to compete every week. That being said, I'm going to take the Lions in this game. Uh, the The Panthers are dealing with injuries. Uh, I still think it's unclear whether or not Teddy Bridgewater will be able to start this game. I know that he's dealing with a little bit of injury. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will miss this game as well. Uh, so a little bit of uh, a banged-up offense for the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions in this one. Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. I don't see the Ravens falling to 6-4. and four. Uh, I think the Ravens also have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and that they would really love to absolutely smack the hell out of the Tennessee Titans after the Titans put them out of the playoffs last year. Also, that Titans defense isn't just playing out not good this year. Uh, I'm going to take Baltimore to win this one. Next up, we have Patriots and Texans. Patriots, Texans. Um, the Texans have a more explosive offense and I think t- just from a talent-wise and on paper, they're the better team. However, New England seems to be getting in a bit of a groove right now. I'm going to take New England. Uh, for whatever reason, Houston just can't get it together this year. Um, that happens. <laughs> I mean, when you have a stooge for a head coach and a general manager like they had with Bill O'Brien who kind of just left the Texans in a total dumpster fire uh, by s- trading away DeAndre Hopkins and all their first-round picks and stuff. Uh, Texans are in a bad spot, and the Patriots, man, they're, they're trying to make a push. Like I said, I don't think it's in their best interest. I think it's in their best interest to maybe uh, try and tank and get a top five pick, maybe get another quarterback in there, because I don't think Cam Newton will be there next year. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the Bill Belichick or the Patriot way. I'm going to take the Patriots to win this one. Pittsburgh Steelers and Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, another trap game. The Steelers... This is a game that typically the Steelers would lose. I, and but we've, to our credit, during this t- three game stretch uh, uh, against really bad teams, we've won games. Now we looked terrible against Dallas. Looked really good against Cincinnati last week. Um, we will see what happens against Jacksonville. Jake Luton seems to be. He's got a he's got an arm. That kid Jake Luton is all right. <laughs> like Jacksonville. I don't know what it is in Jacksonville. They are doing a really good job of finding these like no name quarterbacks who either are drafted in like the sixth or seventh round or go undrafted and come in there and actually show some promise. Jake Luton doesn't look bad uh, in Jacksonville right now. We'll see what happens there. This is a game the Steelers should win and should win easily. However, again, the Steelers play down to their competition. We'll see what happens. Also, Pittsburgh has not fared well against Jacksonville. I believe Jacksonville has won two of the last three matchups. So we'll see what happens there. But again, the Steelers should win. I'm going to pick the Steelers to win this game. They will go to 10-0. Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos, two teams that feel really good about their young quarterbacks. It'll be a fun matchup between Tua and Drew. Uh, However, the Dolphins right now are just playing in a really good groove. The Dolphins, listen, the Dolphins are trying their hardest to push the Buffalo Bills. You know, the Bills might be sitting there thinking we have this division wrapped up. Oh, no, sir. That is not the case. Uh, the Dolphins are hot on their tail. I'm going to pick them to win. The Dolphins are going to go to 7-3. and three, And Tua is going to be, what, 4-0 and o now as a starting quarterback? Crazy things, man. Crazy things. But if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you have to be ecstatic right now. The future of your franchise looks really, really good. Shout out to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Denver Broncos fans, you got Drew Locke. So you just got to get this team together. They need a new head coach as well. But that's a whole other conversation. But I'm going to take the Dolphins to win this one. New York Jets and Lo- Los Angeles Chargers. So <sighs> this was hilarious to me when I saw the spread for this game. The Los Angeles Chargers are only 2-7, right? The Los Angeles Chargers are 2-7. Now, granted, they've been in damn near every single one of the games that they've played, especially since Justin Herbert has taken over. But they're a touchdown favorite over the Jets. Like that's how bad the Jets are. The Jets are a minus, are a plus seventeen. Yeah, are a plus or a minus or a seven point underdog against a two win Chargers team. That's how bad the Jets are right now. Um, however, that's a bet I actually kind of like. I actually kind of like the Jets plus seven <laughs> uh, against the Chargers this week. I think this game will be closer than. Uh, Some people may think it will be. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jets get a win this week, to be completely honest. But uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings are another one of those teams where they are trying to turn it around, similar to the New England Patriots. Uh, Minnesota got off to a terrible start this year. But uh, they've, again, started to turn it around. Dalvin Cook has been running the hell out of the ball. I think that that's exactly what they're going to do. They're just going to pound this Dallas Cowboys defense, which is absolutely terrible on pace to be one of the worst defenses in NFL history. Uh, I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. Green Bay Packers and Indianapolis Colts. Um, This is a sneaky good game. I think the Colts have a really good defense that can make the Packers offense struggle. Um, We'll see what happens. It'll be a really good matchup watching Darius Leonard and Aaron Rodgers battle it out and seeing if this Colts offense can do anything against this Packers defense, which is suspect at times. This Packers defense has gotten better uh, over the season. So shout out to them for improving. But sneaky good game. I'm going to take the Packers. However, I'll say they should be on upset alert because I think the Colts have have a chance to win this one. Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh I am predicting this game to be a blowout. Uh the Raiders, I think after especially after news that the Raiders, you know, Andy Reid came out and he was m- made a point about speaking how the Raiders after they beat the Chiefs earlier this year when leaving the stadium took a victory lap around the stadium on their team bus. I'm pretty sure Andy Reid has been like I mean just drilling that into the brains of every single one of the players on the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're going to come out hot. I think they're going to come out fiery. I think that they're going to come out and they are going to want to make a mockery of this Las Vegas Raiders team. I'm taking the Chiefs to win and I'm taking them to win by like 20 points. Rams and Buccaneers. This is a tough game. A really good game. It's going to be a really good Monday night game. This is probably the toughest game to pick this week. You have two really good teams. However, the Rams the Rams have especially offensively the Rams have looked strange to me at times. You know, Tampa Bay, I don't think what happened you know a couple weeks ago against the Saints is really indicative of what this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is capable of. I think they're much better than that. I mean, the the Bucs are 7 and 3 team. Again, they're really damn good. Um I'm going to take the Bucs. This is going to be a really good game though. I'm going to take the Bucs. Um it will be I think I think I think my score for this game was thirty-one to twenty six Tampa Bay. That's what I'm gonna stick with. I think points will be scored. Um but I like the Bucks in this game. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. That's enough football talk. Cause you all know what time it is now. It's time to talk basketball. Oh, it is time to talk basketball. You know, I was I was very, very, very excited for the draft this year. You know what? I'm sorry. I have to go back to that. I'm changing my pick. I'm picking the <laughs> I'm picking the Falcons to win this game. If Jameis Winston couldn't beat out Taysom Hill. This I know we're supposed to be moving on to the NBA, and I was getting ready to get into the draft. I'm so sorry, but this just popped in my head. I, I was thinking about it for a little bit. If James Winston could not beat Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston does not deserve to be a starter anywhere for the rest of his career. If you couldn't beat out Taysom Hill, you don't deserve to be a starter anywhere. That being said, scratch that. I'm taking the Falcons to win this week. <laughs> cool, cool. Now I can get back to the draft. Okay. NBA draft. Oh, boy. So, the first three picks went exactly how I thought. All of this draft buzz about the Timberwolves trying to trade away the first pick, they didn't. They took Anthony Edwards. Uh, I think that's a really great move for them. The Golden State Warriors drafted James Wiseman, which I thought was the best move for them. It was the best fit. I think James Wiseman gives them a true big and a real center that can still run and play with their within their style of offense and can play and gel well with the guys now granted uh there was a lot of discussion that the golden state warriors might attempt to draft lamello ball or anthony edwards because of the injury to clay thompson uh just was confirmed Klay Thompson had a lower right leg injury a couple days ago. It's been confirmed that it is a torn Achilles and he will be done for the season, which means he will miss his second straight full season. Uh, Hoping Klay Thompson can get healthy uh, really sucks for them. That really hurts their championship aspirations. I honestly thought about picking uh, the Warriors were my pick to come out of the West. uh, When I looked at their squad and what they were going to do now, it's a little different. Now, I uh, I hesitate on that, but the Warriors went and they draft James Wiseman. I think that's great for them. Lamelo Ball went to the Charlotte Hornets, which is a hilarious situation just for the simple fact that I would not be surprised if Michael Jordan told the Hornets to draft Lamelo Ball just so that lavar can come to charlotte and michael can play him one-on-one because you all remember lavar ball was talking all that trash about how he would beat michael jordan one-on-one in a basketball game i wouldn't be surprised if michael jordan just sat back and said so i took that personal <laughs> and is like you know what draft Lamelo ball so lavar ball is asking get down here and i can drop 30 on him real quick but LaMelo Ball goes to the Charlotte Hornets. I think that's a great move for them. I also think that that means that they are no longer in the running to trade for Russell Westbrook. Uh, they have LaMelo Ball. They have Devontae Graham. It's going to be very interesting to see how that backcourt works out. Um, but I like the move. Uh, like I said, LaMelo Ball is a very interesting prospect. He's someone who I thought was tough, very tough to evaluate. Um but he's going to be in Charlotte, and it's going to be a lot of fun watching this Charlotte Hornets team just to see how he plays. You know, what? what is he going to do in Charlotte? What is he going to do in the NBA? And then the damn Chicago Bulls. You know, I had a lot of hope. A lot of hope for this draft. I saw that we had the fourth overall pick, and I was ecstatic. You know, the Bulls for the past couple years have kind of had decent picks. You know, we've picked, you know, sixth or eighth or ninth, you know, something like that. We haven't had a top five pick in quite some time. And we finally got one. And I was super, super excited. I looked around the team. I said, okay, we got Kobe White at point guard. We have to see what he does. Zach Levine, emerging star at shooting guard. Pretty good four in Wendell Carter. Got a really good stretch big in Laurie Markkinen, who I think can be special. Small forward was the position that needed needed some work and there were three guys in this draft who I all thought could have filled in for the Bulls one of them was Isaac Okoro who went 5th to Cleveland Isaac Okoro was a small forward out of of Auburn he is a defensive dog I would have loved to have had him the Bulls didn't select him then you have Denny Avja who is a small forward out of Israel so Supremely talented uh, offensive player. I thought he would have fit in nice playing alongside Zach Levine, giving us another real smooth scoring option uh, who also can help run the offense, get other guys involved, because he kind of is a point forward. Uh, we didn't take him. Denny actually fell in this draft. Uh, people thought that Denny would be one of the top five picks. He ended up falling to nine. Uh, to the Washington Wizards. Interesting to see how that's going to affect them. But the person I've really wanted the Bulls to take, and I've said it on this pod, I've been tweeting it, Obi Toppin. The forward out of Dayton. He's more of a power forward, but I think he was athletic enough to move too small forward and play that. Um, I think his athleticism, I think the energy that he brings and attacks the game with. I think he needed to be polished defensively. But like I said, he was a decent defender who can become better. Offensively, I think he attacks the rim very well. He's great in transition. And he's just a hard worker. And I thought that was the pick. I thought Obi Toppin, he's going to be... Chicago Bull, and we're going to have a young squad that can really go out there and compete. Chicago Bulls didn't do any of that. And it's uh, my fault for getting my hopes up. You know, I, I sat back and I said, okay, new head coach with Billy Donovan. We got a new GM, new front office, new president of basketball operations. Like, we're we're going in the right direction. We're not going to continue to make the same mistakes that we have. And what did we do? Continue to make the same damn mistakes we always have. The Bulls drafted a young man by the name of Patrick Williams out of Florida State, who's a small forward. And let me give you a little bit of information on who Patrick Williams is. Uh, He was the sixth man of the year in the ACC conference. played about 22 minutes per game and i want that to be pointed out he was the sixth man of the year which means he wasn't a starter the bulls used the fourth overall pick in the draft on a guy who wasn't even good enough to start at florida state and florida state isn't kentucky it's not duke It's not Kansas. You know, one of these schools that are known for basketball, right? It's not one of those schools where they have tons of top-end recruits. So you might have some guys on the bench who are supremely talented that they just don't start because the guy in front of them was just a higher-star recruit. Like, that's you know, that happens at Kentucky and Duke sometimes. That doesn't happen at Florida State. Florida State's a football school. Florida State's basketball team is usually terrible or mediocre at best. Patrick Williams wasn't even good enough to start at Florida State. In 22 minutes per game, you want to know what he did? He averaged a grand total of 9 points per game. He averaged a grand total of 4 rebounds and 1 assist. And couldn't even shoot. 50% from the field shoots about 47 48% from the field. I'm supposed to believe that he can come in and compete with the NBA. And yeah, the kid has potential like I said, sixth man of the year in the ACC conference. Patrick Williams is a guy who arguably shouldn't have even been selected in he like he arguably shouldn't have even been a lottery pick, let alone the 4th overall pick in the draft. I don't know what the hell is going on in Chicago. I don't know. Maybe the basketball gods have just cursed the city of Chicago or the organization of the Chicago Bulls because of the amount of success that we had uh, in the 90s with Michael Jordan and being blessed with two three peats, six rings, six championships, dominating the 90s, having the greatest player to ever lace a pair of sneakers, wear your uniform proudly for all those years. Maybe this is just the curse that we have bestowed upon our, or the gods of basketball have stowed upon Chicago Bulls fans for that incredible time period. That, by the way, I wasn't even really able to enjoy. But hey, this is what I'm stuck with. Ineptitude. Mediocrity. This kid has bust written all over him. And it's no, and I want to make it clear, this is not something specifically against Patrick Williams. I don't know the young man. I have no ill will towards him. I hope he pans out. I am a Chicago Bulls fan. I hope for my sanity that he pans out and he becomes a good player. But let's just keep it a buck. He has bust written all over him. Especially being drafted fourth overall. i just don't get it i don't get it i really it's hard like i i i i genuinely like i almost don't want to watch a damn bulls game this year because i'm going to be disappointed this has happened too many times where we have messed something up we like when we drafted denzel valentine and he's turned out to be a bust like when we passed up on michael porter jr to draft wendell carter and Wendell Carter hasn't done much he's solid he's an okay player is he ever going to be great like his ceiling was Al Horford and it doesn't even look like he's going to reach that he's a decent player at best he's nothing special we passed up on Michael Porter Jr. who is going to become an integral part to the Denver Nuggets squad this upcoming season especially if he gets more touches he's going to be one of the more important pieces on that squad And then, also later on in that draft, we drafted Chandler Hutchinson. Who, that kid, I don't know what the hell he's doing. He barely even touches the floor. He's a bench warmer at this point. Drafted Kobe White. Jury's still out on him. We'll see what happens. And then, to add insult to injury, Obi Toppin gets drafted by the damn Knicks. Eighth overall. He falls in their lap. And now I have to watch Obi ball out for the Knicks these next couple seasons. I just... I can't do this. You know, I I have a headache... We're going to move on from the draft. Other news in the NBA. Goddamn Chicago Bulls. Okay, other news in the NBA, because I'm going to have a damn aneurysm if I keep talking about them. Uh, We mentioned Klay Thompson's injury. Some of the more important news that happened also. The Bogdan Bogdanovich, or Brogdon, I'm sorry. Brogdon Bogdanovich trade uh, that would have sent him to the Milwaukee Bucks has not gone through because apparently that sign-and-trade, Bogdanovich did not agree to it. So in a very weird turn of events, Bogdanovich is going to become a free agent and the Bucks will not be receiving him, which becomes very interesting now because now the Bucks have to make some more moves, right? Bogdanovich said that he's going... He's not going to, uh, he did not agree to be traded. Uh, he did not agree to that extension and sign. So because of that, because that didn't go through with him, uh, the deal has been blown up and Bogdanovich is going to enter free agency. That's huge. I've never heard of a situation like this before. Like I don't remember the last time something like this happened where two teams agreed upon a sign and trade. And apparently the player was left out of the loop. And he basically was like, yeah, no, I didn't agree to this. So no, um, that's super interesting. The NBA is actually looking into that trade to see if there was any uh, misdealings or if there was any shady stuff that happened. But that's going to be a very interesting. Just it's going to be interesting to see where Bogdanovich ends up going, but also what the Bucks do now. Because now, if you're the Bucks, you got to make a move. You know, Bogdanovich was something that they, I thought, was something that was really important for them. Um, but. Now, hmm, you know, we got to see what happens there. Um, But yeah, that was just a soup. that was just a, it was weird. It was a weird turn of events when I saw that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Gordon Hayward is opting out of his uh, contract with the Boston Celtics. Uh, He's opting out of his player option. So he is going to become a free agent. Um, Right now, it appears that his desired location or maybe the location that makes the most sense is to do a sign in trade where he ends up uh, on the Pacers would be interesting to see how that trade works out. would be interesting to see what the Celtics would get back for him. Um, but Gordon Hayward is going to be leaving Boston. And I think this is a good move for both. Uh, I think Gordon, I, I think Gordon Hayward is important to the Boston Celtics and he does bring something that they do need. However, I've always felt that with the way this team was constructed, Gordon Hayward, the, to me, the only thing Gordon Hayward does is take touches away from Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum is the future of your franchise. He is special. And I just you can't have that. I felt like it was a situation where you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kimball Walker, and with Gordon Hayward, it just felt like too many it felt like too many cooks in the kitchen. Um this is something I predicted. I said that. The Boston Celtics should look to trade him or move on from him. And that's exactly what's going to happen now. Uh, Where he will end up, we shall see. But it looks like Gordon Hayward is on his way out. Uh, Indiana does seem to be his preferred location. He's from Indiana. So it would make a lot of sense for him to go there. Uh, We will see. But Gordon Hayward will not be a Boston Celtic this upcoming season. Um, The Warriors are working on a trade to bring Kelly Oubre to golden state they're making trade kelly Oubre obviously was traded from the phoenix suns to the oklahoma city thunder now he's being traded um at least there's a deal in place to send him to the golden state warriors i think that will help with the loss of clay thompson i think kelly Oubre jr is a re- i think kelly Oubre is one of those one of those guys who because obviously he's played in phoenix and then was like in washington and then in phoenix and neither one of those teams get a whole lot of coverage um so people probably don't know how good he is, but he's a very good under the radar player. Uh, I think he will help alleviate the loss of Klay Thompson. I don't think it puts them back in the conversation of a title this year, but I think it does make them more competitive uh, and we'll see what happens there. But I think that's a good trade for them. Uh, Philly was able to trade Al Horford away. They were finally able to get rid of that contract. Uh, they've, it's something that they've been wanting to do, especially since that did not work out last year. Uh, he just didn't, Just wasn't a good fit. Uh, The money he's making, he's not living up to that contract. So they were able to trade him to the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, for Danny Green. Obviously, the Danny Green trade that sent Danny Green to Oklahoma City and Dennis Schroeder, to the Lakers, has went through. So that means that Oklahoma City is going to take on that contract. (laughs) It doesn't really give the Thunder a whole lot of flexibility. They're going to take on that contract and make it work. Um, I think Al will be fine and I think Al Horford can kind of play that Chris Paul role as far as just being the, the veteran and leader on a very, very, very young squad that has a ton of potential um, moving forward, especially with all of these draft picks. Listen, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Orleans Pelicans hold like all the draft picks for like the next seven years. It's insane the amount of draft capital both those teams have, but uh, it only it only means something if you make it work. It only means something if you hit on those picks or if those picks can turn into uh, veteran players and things like that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, also in a little out of the news, the Clippers were able to make a deal uh, that brought or not the Clippers. I'm sorry. The 76ers also made a deal that will bring uh, Seth Curry to the Clippers. The, when you look at what the, I keep saying the Clippers, the 76ers, the 76ers are putting some shooters around, um, around Embiid and Simmons. It's going to be interesting to see if they can make this work. Um, It seems like they're willing to give this one more shot. But the 76ers, they're making moves, man. They are making moves. A lot of moves are being made. And speaking of moves being made, free agency is basically here. Free agency begins today in, what, like six hours? Uh, So we're going to see a lot of movement. I'm sure Woj and Shams are getting there I'm They're icing their fingers and their thumbs getting ready to send out all these tweets and all these uh Woj bombs and whatnot um I mean watching woge and Shams like basically compete to see who's gonna get information out first during the NBA draft was awesome like Shams Shams had the number one overall pick like he tweeted out uh, that Anthony Edwards was going to be selected by the Minnesota Timberwolves like two minutes before the pick was in. Like, he was on top of it, and then you saw, like, Woj, who would be, like, maybe 15 seconds right after him, would be tweeting out the same. Like, it was awesome seeing them go back and forth and all that. They Both of them are phenomenal at their jobs. <laughs> both of them. If I, I want – I hope – I aspire to one day be as good at anything. Just good – at anything, as good at anything as Woj and Shams are at breaking news because they, boy, are they special. (laughs) But we will see what happens. A lot of craziness is about to go down and I am here for it. Um, In college basketball, something that we haven't talked about in quite some time, uh, the NCAA just announced that the college basketball tournament will be held in one single location so instead of having uh games played in maybe some other cities and then moving it to local things stuff like that no the entire tournament will be played in one single location it's going to be madness seeing how that plays out um like truly (laughs) it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out and whatnot but who knows we'll see um I'm just excited that we will indeed have a tournament this year, though. That that was big news to me. I was like, at least we will get a tournament. Hopefully, everyone will be safe. Hopefully, they can keep things together and whatnot. Um, but shouts out to the shouts out to college basketball, um, which is right around the corner. <laughs> right around the corner, actually. Um, last bit of news: UFC, Conor McGregor is fighting again. It's been so long. The last time we saw Conor McGregor, he was breaking, uh, Cerrone's nose with his shoulder. (laughs) I mean, absolutely just ferocious. Conor McGregor is phenomenal. He is box office. He's one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. Um, he's going to be facing off against Dustin Poirier or Poirier. Um, January twenty third at UFC main event two fifty seven. Uh, this it will have been a base about a year, maybe a little more than a year since his last fight. It once he fights on January twenty third because his last fight was earlier this year. He originally Conor McGregor was originally set to have quite a busy twenty twenty. Um, but then obviously with COVID nineteen, you have restrictions and things like that, and just not being able to work out deals and whatnot kind of happened uh that kind of led to connor doing his fake whole oh i'm retiring thing again which we all know like i don't think connor connor's one of those guys he'll say he'll retire just because just because it sounds cool and just to make it seem like i can walk away from this whenever i want so that way you all can offer me more money he's smart he's a businessman um so we'll see that like this is like conor mcgregor's third time saying that he's retired it's not the case. is going to fight, especially when the money is right. He's similar to Floyd Mayweather in that situation. However, Connor actually delivers entertaining fights. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's going to be taking off uh, Dustin Poirier. Uh, this will be their second fight. Uh, Connor actually fought him back in 2014 at UFC 178. And Conor took care of Dustin rather quickly. First round TKO. Uh, I believe in less than two minutes, so we'll see what happens there. Dustin gets his rematch. I don't think the outcome will be much different, but hey, who knows? We shall see. Um, super excited though for that fight. Super excited. I'm always excited for a Conor McGregor fight. Uh, I think he's a great showman. I think he he does he does a really fantastic job. Of just putting on a show for the fans. He does a great job of promoting the fight. He's a great trash talker. Like everything that you want out of a fighter, you get with Conor McGregor. And I think that's why I've enjoyed him so much over all these years uh, in the UFC. And hopefully, this means that in 2021, we'll start to see more of Conor. You know, hopefully, this means we can start, he can start getting back into the conversation and getting fights and maybe even getting into title fights. Um, more main events and things like that. Listen, the UFC is just flat out better when Conor McGregor is there. That's just a fact. He's one of those guys, he moves the needle, right? Um, He's one of those household names. The UFC is better when he's active. So, shout out to him, shout out to Dustin, shout out to the UFC, shout out to Dana White, all that good stuff. Super excited for this, January 23rd. Can't wait to watch it. I've got Conor winning this one in similar fashion to how he won the first fight, but... Who knows? We'll see. Um, I'm only at 47 minutes. Wow. I've ran through all the topics. That's all we got for you all today. Well, you know what? Let's talk about a little bit of culture. Something not regarding sports. Gucci and Jeezy's versus last night. All right. So I want something to be very – I want something to be understood, Because there's a lot of you Gucci fans out there who are trying to say, oh, Gucci won, Gucci won, Gucci won. And you all are saying Gucci won for all the wrong reasons. Versus is about music. It's about hits versus hit. Not even hit versus hit. It's about playing your records against the other person's record, putting them up against each other. You know, 20 versus 20, right? That's what it's supposed to be about. Gucci made it about who had on more expensive clothes and who had on more jewelry and Gucci very clearly just had a plan that I'm going to come in here and be as disrespectful the entire night as I possibly can. So that's why some Gucci fans are going to say that he won just off that case. However, just going off music, Gucci got killed. And I want to make that very, 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 very clear to all of you Gucci fans. Cause now here in Atlanta, Gucci is Gucci is more loved than Jeezy is down here in Atlanta. Gucci has a super huge cult following down here in the South. Jeezy won this versus in a landslide. Like they played like 23 records. I think my final score was like Jeezy 18, Gucci 5. Like it was it was not even close. And Jeezy left a lot of records out. Now, also, Gucci left a lot of records out because I felt like he was kind of focusing a little bit too much on playing records that he could take shots at Jeezy at. But all in all, great verses. I think that one had almost like two million viewers at one point in time. It was phenomenal. Um, seeing them both up on the stage, they kind of pieced it up at the end of the night. You know, uh, saying you know it's respect, it's love, and all this other stuff. They performed icy at the so icy at the end of the uh, at the end of the verses, which was kind of cool. Um, ended up going to like Club Compound afterwards, which was funny. Um, but hey uh versus is really great but you gucci fans stop it <laughs> like stop it you all are trying to make this into something it's not versus is not about who dressed better or who had the funnier comments it's about whose music was better and Jeezy has better music okay with that being said that is all we have for you all today here on the instant replay podcast thank you all so much for listening If you liked today's episode, please like it, share it, replay it, all that good stuff. Tell a friend to tell a friend. If you didn't like today's episode, just act like it did not happen. And as always, I leave you all with a quote. Kobe Bryant once said, no one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. So go out there and make some new haters, guys. I will see you all Tuesday.